What is going down, comic bookie fans? The three of us are here finally for the first time in a damn near seems like a month, but we are here to give you the final episode of the Comic Bookies podcast of 2020. So let's get into it, dude. So this week in comics, we have yet again some more books. Not that many from DC and Marvel, but we do have some to talk about and what we love to read over the last couple weeks. We have a lot of reviews for you. Me and Sean talk Mandalorian Season 2, Wonder Woman 1984, and Soul over on Pixar. And then we have a few top tens for you in our favorite moments of 2020. And over on the sports side, a week 16 recap, a week 17 preview as we you know, round out the AFC and NFC picture going into the playoffs. And of course, speaking of playoffs, we have college football this weekend, two playoff games. We cannot wait. So episode 94 is here. 2020 is behind us. 2021 is ahead of us. So let's get this thing going. And we are back with the Comic Boogies podcast. Gentlemen, it's been a long, long time, like I said before, but myself, Mike, Sean, and Mark are back in the studio together for the final episode. We could not leave you guys hanging and only have two of us here. So this episode and all episodes of the Comic Boogies podcast are brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California today. December 30th, 2020 is New Comic Book Day, so go out there and get your pull list going with Alex. He's a great guy. He knows all his shit about comic books. He'll steer you the right way as far as comic books are concerned. Gentlemen, what's going on? Dude, you guys ready to start this last episode of 2020? What's going on? Is this really the last day of 2020? Tomorrow? It's crazy, bro. I know. To think that, I mean, shoot, just yesterday felt like January, February, and here we are, guys. Last episode of 2020, episode 94. Oh, man. Excited, man. Definitely coming some fire for the fans, comic booky fans. Thanks for the wonderful year. Thank you guys ahead of time. But, yeah, everything is good. Mike, Mark, just like you said, man, it's the first time we've been together, man, in like a month at least. But here mm-hmm. we are. Let's get it. Sean, get the hell out of here with thank you for a wonderful year. Everyone knows this goddamn year <laughs> was cabbage around here. <laughs> hey, I'm talking about how they are specifically with us, man. Hey, the downloads speak for themselves. Definitely, man. Specifically with us. How's it going, brothers? Uh, I'm glad to be here with you guys. 2020, we're ending it off strong. But yeah, man, it's been good to us. Like you said, Sean, numbers are speaking for themselves. The 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 ratings are going up. The downloads are going up. So, uh, you know, got to rock with it. Uh, you know, thinking back on 2020 on how it started, you know, not good for everybody, NBA fans in particular, my own personal issues with my buddy passing away. Rest in peace, Gary. But hey, at the end of the day, dude, you got to make you got, you know, when life gives you lemons, you know what you got to do with it. Right. So that's what we've been doing this whole damn year. And we've just been trying to survive. It's just like, you know, uh, Jim Valvano, right, in the 1980s with the we survive in advance. We all love college soups and we all love sports on this podcast. So survive in advance. And that's what we've been trying to do uh, with this 2020 year, guys. But uh, I don't know how much advancing I'm going to be doing if uh, Mr. Mitchell McConnell doesn't give me that extra fourteen hundred dollars. <laughs> Mitch better have my money. Mitch better have my money. I, I heard that some people actually my buddy hit me up and he said that his mom already got the, the already got the stimulus. Oh, and really? I said, what bank does she bank with? He said, Chase. I said, so do I. I ain't got shit. <laughs> well, that's to, that's coming tomorrow then, bud. But um, before we get into the actual uh, meat and potatoes of the podcast, how was your guys' Christmas? 
you know, hope all the fans had a wonderful Christmas. And before, and as you guys listen to this, I hope everyone had a safe and wonderful New Year's as well. So how was your guys' holiday weekend? And by the way, man, I hope the fans did have a wonderful Christmas, but I hope the fans are actually enjoying the fact that all three of us are actually here together at the same damn time. You know, it's been, what, a month, a month and a half since we've actually been able to it's Sean, you. We, I, I talk. I talk to you guys about how both of you guys are doing the zigzag theory on me, <laughs> like it's the NBA playoffs when it comes to the comic bookies podcast. But dude, it's been fun uh, being on and off with you guys, uh, Sean. I guess you know when we do it together, I kind of do the steer the ship in a way. When when we're all three of us, Mike's kind of steering the ship. And but, but nonetheless, man, 94 episodes in. I thought probably by the end of this year we would have got to a hundred. Nonetheless, Corona killed us from handing out flyers. Corona killed us from being able to do events at Comic Cons and whatnot. So it is what it is. We haven't gotten to triple digits yet, but it's coming. It's coming quick. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you, brothers. And I'm excited to get into this episode tonight with you guys and to give it to the fans. Definitely not. You said it best, bro. Uh, To answer your question, Mike. Great Christmas. I think we could all agree it's the most different Christmas we've probably all had in terms of maybe seeing certain family members and just the whole, you know, staying at home. But it was good, you know, family, food, drinks, definitely more intimate. Can't complain. Mike, Mark, how was your guys's? All I cared about this holiday season was that my daughter was happy with her gifts and my prime rib turned out good and the fellas it, man. It, it turned out <laughs> phenomenal uh, i i couldn't you know it was my first time ever cooking a prime rib period my wife cooked one last year in the oven but i definitely wanted to try one on the traeger so you know low and slow five and a half hours later got a nice little like uh mustard based rub on the outside uh dude it was so good the Traeger boys unite. Traeger boys stand <laughs> up. Yeah. If you guys got a Traeger out there, let Mike know because we know you guys are a cult. Stand up. There it is, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, my my Christmas, you know, it was good, dude. I, I visited uh, my wife's family Christmas Eve. I went over to my mom's because uh, F Gavin Newsom. I'm going to do what I do <laughs> at the end of the day. You know, if I if I'm. We kept it. You know what, though? At the end of the day, we kept it positive and respectful because although I did visit two different households at the end of the day, there was only about, what, six per seven people per household. So, you know, it's not like it's huge gatherings. So I'm somewhat abiding by the California rules or whatnot. You BS. But at the end of the day, your dinner outside. No, I didn't sing. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Okay, well, as long as you didn't sing really loud in front of somebody's face. You know what? As long as if I had to use the bathroom, I made sure that no one else was around and that take yeah, a number. Dude, yeah. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I did have fun and I enjoyed it, bro. I really did. I think that I had special circumstances going on with myself and certain things that I think that, you know, made it a little bit better for me at that point in time in my life. But I'm excited for 2021, man. And I'm excited for episode 94 as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let's get into this um, episode number 94. And the first thing we had to do is we're going to get into the comic book side and we're going to talk new books that came out today on the DC side. Actually, you know what, fellas, DC is putting out four books this week. So I really didn't even I usually preview five books each. So I didn't even get a chance to write down a full you know, list of DC. But uh, to name a few, Batman Annual number five. This is a long one. Dark Knights, Death Metal, 
in the last 52, War of the Multiverses, number one. One of those fantastic $8.99 tie-ins. I got it last week because Alex got it last week. So it's new today, but since he already got it, I already have it. And finally, Justice League, Endless Winter, number two. I think it's part five or six of that Endless Winter event. So, yeah. Over on the Marvel side, you have Amazing so Spider-Man 55. What's that, Sean? Or Mark? That shows how much you care about it. Yeah, so Endless Winter. Yeah, okay. So, and. Well, I, I just saw an event that I had to get, like, a Justice League and Aquaman, which, Sean, you have some news on Aquaman later. But, yeah. It's, no, so, once it says no event, things. you're kind of, like, done with DC in the, in the event. Yeah. Don't just don't, – DC, don't put event on the end of it for, for Mikey here. Yeah. Sorry, King in Black. I'm not going to get your 18 different times. Um, but Amazing Although Spider-Man I did want to pick up the Black Cat, King in Black. I did. I I refrain, but no. I mean, if you're going to get the King, in, I mean, if you're going to get the King in Black, Black Cat, then you have to pick up the brand new story that's out. I think number one is at least number one's out from last week. Yeah, the last week. Um, so Amazing Spider-Man 55, X-Men 16, The Avengers 40, Wolverine 8, and Shang Chi number four. Um, image. Ooh. You have Nailbiter Returns number eight, and Lost Soldiers is the last of a five-issue miniseries. There, AWA Bad Mother number five. One of that's probably got to be the gem of the week right there for us. And uh, Mark, both of us have Hot Valley Days and Cocaine Nights number two. If that if that cover doesn't say what what needs to be said about that issue, I don't know what's going to. So, you know what, fellas, I wasn't able to get my books two weeks ago, so I got two weeks worth of books last week and i'm kind of you know a little bit behind you know due to the holidays so you guys talk batman 105 um you know like what you guys like from last week what are you guys excited for this week but i mean for me i kind of want to keep this short you know i got I, I got some movies and some tv shows to, to to review there it is i agree bro definitely that time uh, of the year we have all these extra shows with all this time off i mean I admit, bro, I'm a little behind on books, too, but I did, you know, get the Batman. You know, it's funny. Bad Mother just came out today, but the minute it touches my hand, it goes straight to my eyes. Like, I got to read this, and it was hella good. <laughs> you already read it? Oh, bro, did I read Jesus. it? Oh, did oh I, nice. Bro, did I read it? It, it, it was a perfect Did ending. you make love to it? Don't it spoil was, it oh, on it us. Don't. Perfect ending. I can't wait to talk about it next week with you guys. Oh, <laughs> man. You did that, huh? Damn. We're going to give you blue balls on episode 94 because you can't discuss Bad Mother 5 with us. Oh, you guys brother. are killing me right now, man. I'm telling you guys, like, just get it. Just gravitate. Like, I got to read this shit right now. And then you're killing. We're killing you. And then, Mike, you're killing me right now because I want to talk about one of my favorite books going on right now. And that's Mr. Ernie Ray Clementine. I know, you know what? I I picked up a bunch of books last week that we would have talked about this week, but don't worry. Episode 95 next week, I'll have plenty of books to talk about, plenty of notes for all these things. But I did want I did want to mention 105 Batman. You guys talked in the podcast last week. You kind of like the direction of what these books are heading into the future state. For me, I thought that. I thought that ending was a freaking cop out. That whole damn story of like creating this whole backstory of them knowing each other, Ghostmaker and Batman, and fighting, 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 and all of a sudden he like joins the Bat family. It looks like, oh, you know what, Bruce? I'm not gonna put a bat on my chest. Oh, I wouldn't ask you to. I wouldn't ask you to, baby. Like, no, that was a you know, BS ending. I hate. It. Like, dude, you do not need to make Ghostmaker like a hero. Like, you need to make, keep him a villain, like a hardcore villain, and then bring in what if if Ghostmaker's going to go forward in march and beyond as like his right hand man you had red hood you had batgirl you had um you know, cassandra kane you had nightwing you had all this ip 
and then you give me a brand new character who was bad and now get out of here with that well i mean it was like so cliche like you see in the movies it's like two guys like fighting each other and they're like talk doing more talking than fighting then you know batman's like yeah i got my whole crew actually watching you see the whole bat family just over there hanging over just watching the whole thing and i'm like you basically have bow harley quinn and batman in like a situation like is bow gonna kill harley quinn like the ultimate test what's gonna happen and after all that you guys walk away all buddy buddy and i'm just like you kind of just killed this character like in the beginning it was cool a new character this guy's gonna be badass and here it is just another member of the bat family like i don't know it just like kind of just diminishes i think the whole story really all i gotta say guys is that i think that Comic booky fans, once you hear Mike do the the voiceovers and the voice effects with the with the with the with the, with the characters, you know <laughs> you know it's serious. You know it's going to be a serious topic. But nonetheless, guys, you guys mentioned that you guys don't like it. I kind of want to play devil's advocate, comic bookie's advocate here on Comic Book 94 or episode 94 because, dude, I'll tell you what. Honestly, you guys just think that it's over. But in my opinion, I think that, you know, Tynion, he's been he's he's been delivering some fire lately. And I don't think that, you know, we're going to have future state like you mentioned, Mike, and it's going to be a two month event. But we're going to pick this story back up coming up in March. And in my opinion, I honestly just don't believe that this is that, you know, that this these two characters are going to be all lovey dovey like this going on in 106 and, and forward with this Batman story. I just believe that, yeah, they're kind of because that's what I thought. In my opinion, I saw I sat there after I read that and I'm like, what? This can't be for real. You know, they're going to be all friends. And after all this, I just think it's kind of, you know, they're, uh, I, I think Tynion is leaving something to be for the mind and the heart to be desired when it comes to this story, when it comes back here in about, you know, two months. I mean, I just hope that. I don't know, because I was thinking like right when you guys were, set, were were saying your piece about the book, I was thinking maybe they do something like Ghostmaker tries it, like tries it for a while, like being like the good guy working with him. And then something happens where he wants to kill somebody and it doesn't happen. And then he becomes the villain. But like, why waste the issues? Like, why waste the time? Well, that's, like, just, that's it right there. You just said something happens where he wants to what somebody whack somebody. How who who's he's been trying to whack? Bow fam, yeah. right? Yeah, but Bow Fam. But he, expl- but, but Bruce story. explained to him like he has very limited hand-to-hand combat skills. He's an easy yeah. target, so why even like put forth why the effort time to get him? him? He even asked them, yeah, when uh, like towards the end of the story, where it's just like, is he even worth it? He's a kid, like, and he and he also knows that at this point, Bruce is going to do whatever he can to protect him. He'll do whatever he can to stop Ghostmaker from trying to kill Bow. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens after Future State. I'm, you know. I'm actually more excited about Future State than you are. Than you guys are, a little more of a break, but I don't know. But that was last week's. Yeah, I'm uh, definitely. I, I don't know, man. I'm not too excited on the whole Future State thing. To tell you the truth, like I said, I'm actually more damn amped up to see what the hell's gonna happen with Ghostmaker and Bow Fam going forward and damn Batman than I am with Future State. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know you guys. I I know DC is switching it to once a month. Like I said, I mentioned to you guys in pre-production that I think this is the first week, and I don't know how many weeks that I did not get a Flash, Detective, or Batman in a week. So, you know, I, I, they're going to once a month. I'd be excited just to continue this Batman story, but that's what I'm saying. I think it's a buildup. I think okay. they're trying to build it up. They're t- they're going to put it on hiatus, 
Mike, you haven't read the action story yet, but you're going to see it was kind of like Bendis's farewell. You know, we're mm-hmm. not, we yeah. can talk about it next week, I guess. I read it already, but it's like a Bendis farewell. And I mentioned you also in pre-production how I kind of like the fact how they're, they're, they're like DC is kind of finishing up these books before Future State. I think all three, the three, like the three main books that I've read so far, not talking about Flash, but Detective, Action, and Batman. I've actually really enjoyed the way that the writers and that the DC uh, universe, if you will, has kind of left it for the mind to be desired going forward. And I'm excited for that a lot more than Future State, Mike. Sorry. What I will say going forward, you know, before we go forward to the next book, I will say that it's not like a Josh Williamson Flash story to where if I get a couple bad issues in a row, I can. I'm kind of weary and, you know, I'm kind of pessimistic about the future. On the other side, Tiny and he's been giving us nothing but fire. So if if the past is any evidence towards the future, then I can expect something good. Just because I didn't like how one arc ended and now I have two months to think about it doesn't mean that it's going to be a bad story going forward. It's probably going to be something good. I just, you know, this just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth just to end that story arc. That's all it was. So, Mark, my only other book from last week that I really enjoyed was actually issue three of five from AWA, American Ronin. Dude, this story is badass. I love this story and how he just escapes um, his, you know, <laughs> the guy who's, dude, he, this guy's got some effed up dreams. Just ha- and, and how they do it, just like with a simple hair, they can figure out how this guy is. And, you know, he's trying to, you know, Lincoln's eye, he's trying to track down the people who he used to work for. And finally, he doesn't even lay a finger on this guy in the airplane. He just, like, talks him into shooting himself in the head and ending it. So that that was a really good story. Um, it's it, it kind of felt like an issue five, but we still have two more issues. So I'm guessing that that, that other guy, um, Incubus or whatever his name was, is going to try to hunt him down. And that's going to be probably the final showdown. But it was a really good issue three. Yeah, it, it was good. I, I I don't know if I gave it an honorable mention on on episode 93 last week. I might have with Sean. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, I thoroughly enjoy it i have to go back and flip through it a little bit but yeah it was just uh the serum and all that and just how they just try to it's kind of funny how they're just kind of like it's like he gets like he gets like a natural high just looking at like the razor blade that he shaved his face with just thinking he can get a little bit like just any little piece of droplet of blood you know to try to get pump his dna into himself to like think like him it's a it's a pretty trippy story bro i mean i think it's a lot better than the grendel kentucky that we just dusted off you know with don't give me those eyes mike uh grendel kentucky don't get <laughs> the, the the harleys in, on the first issue sold me kentucky harleys kind of badass biker gang type shit but uh you know but uh it, 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 the first issue was cool, Mike. You would attest to that. Kind of threw us for a loop going forward, but uh, I just think that Ronan is so much better. Sean, you mentioned earlier, Bad Weather. You already read it, Jackass. That one, I know. That's why you <laughs> had to read it, bro. <laughs> I know you that's know, why man. you had to read it because it's just that, that's probably one of the best AWAs that they got going right now. We kind of put AWA in its own category now, right? It's like. That, that, that's how good AWA has gotten to the Comic Bookies podcast. We got DC, Marvel, and then we got Indie, and then the AWAs, but, right? But like, AWA right <laughs> now is – like AWA, I'm picking up as many AWAs as I am Image right now. Like they're coming with some fire in their first year, year and a half of Inception. So 
dude, they're not they're not by themselves. Like, like they're by themselves in a positive way. You know what I'm saying? Well, like Axel Alonso. We, with, we all, like you know, I, IDW. I get like what one or two IDWs. I get maybe one dark horse right now. But it's like DC, Marvel, AWA, Image. We gotta yeah. get Axel. We gotta get Axel on the podcast. What do we gotta right. do to get Axel Alonso? On the podcast, on the podcast, you see him at the end of every AWA book. I, I mean, know, I right? know. <laughs> Why not? We gotta, we fans, let us know. You want us to get uh, Axel Alonso on this podcast? Let's let us know, man. Am I tripping, or is the last issue? Was there another issue after that Endless Winter tie-in with the Flash? Or is that how we end 2020 with the Flash? I that's think how that's we how ended it. That's how we ended it with a uh, good guy, Black Adam. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm about to end Flash. That's what I'm saying. I'm about to end the damn Flash if they don't keep giving me better stories because, man, hey, I'm man. sorry, Sean, Sean. Look at no, Sean. No, no, no. Hey, Sean. Hey, I'm with you right now. I'm not too excited with how these stories are going, bro. And I Sean, mean, you yeah. see um, the Batman and the detective that we're getting and some of this action. Uh, action's been Sean or B- Biella. Mike knows how in a way how slow action's been for us with the whole red cloud story and Bendis kind of ending out his run right now. Uh, who knows what Bendis is going to get into, into the future, but I am excited for the creator of miles Morales to see what he has going forward. He's but, doing a, sorry to, to interrupt, but he's ahead. doing like a, a justice league uh, of America, a new story. I think it might, I'm not sure if it spawns out of the future state, but he did, he posted a picture of it. And like it showed all the characters like together on the front cover, but it was all their silhouettes. So they were all like, you know, shadowed out. Mm-hmm. But you could tell who it was. Like, you know, it was Batman yeah, it was and it was Aquaman. Uh it was it was I don't even think Flash was in it. But like um Wonder Woman's mom, what what the hell's her name? Um think about Hippo- it. Hippolyta. Uh, I just Hippolyta? heard it the other night. Yeah. <laughs> what is it's something it's the A P something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hippolyta. Um, but yeah, there was a new, and then also Bendis's um, Naomi, she's gonna be in the Justice League of America. So it's like it's a, a lot. A lot of new characters are gonna be in that new story. So I'm not sure if uh, what else is he writing. Wait, sure Naomi is Bendis's character as well. Mm-hmm. He created oh, her. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, she's yeah. came up in a couple of stories that I've read. I don't, is it action? Yeah, it's action. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. came up in action. That's right. And yeah, yeah. I didn't. I wasn't um, aware of that. Yeah, okay. So uh, everyone go out and get your books, but that is it for the comic book discussion for this week. Um, Mark and Sean, uh, we had a few movies that come out on Christmas Day, Wonder Woman 84 on HBO Max, and we had Soul come out on Disney+. Plus. Dude, I I actually stayed up wrapping gifts until midnight, and and then I look, I'm like, where's Wonder Woman? Why is it still only the four-minute, like, trailer, like, the scene? I was like, oh, hell no, 9 a.m.? So I'm I'm going to bed. Screw this. And uh, and then also Sean. So you didn't finish wrapping the presents. <laughs> no, no, I did. I'm going to bed. If one of them is like, oh, damn, damn these kids. No, I did. Um, and then besides those two, Sean, we haven't been together in the last couple weeks. So Mandalorian season two ended. Um, just just an amazing. I heard, dude, the whole episode. I'm like listening to him. Like, oh god, Sean's so lucky he gets to freaking talk about this right now. So before I don't care what we get into first. But I'm going to warn everyone who hasn't seen any of uh, these three spoilers, spoilers in five, oh, four, three, two, one. Boom. Right, OK, so what you guys want to talk about first? Uh, you know, let's go, I guess, movies first, because it's something that us three could talk about. And, you know, Amanda will top it off with that because yeah. Amanda was probably the best out of all three. 
<laughs> right, right. Un- kind of unfortunately, I mean, I want the the movies, the one shot movies, to be better than the whole season's TV shows. But uh, yeah, okay. So Soul came out on Disney Plus. Yes. Sean, great messages throughout the film. Uh, great music, like right off the bat, just the jazz all throughout the movie. Um, to me, it kind of missed a few plot points. Like I was kind of confused as to where the story was going. Um, all in all, it was a. It, it's so. It's, so here's the thing about Pixar. Like I think every Pixar movie is good, right? So to say that Soul was in like my bottom three Pixar movie of all time, it's not saying much, you know. Like you put it down there with like Cars two, and I, I don't know. I'm not sure what other movie you want, like Dinosaur, like the you know the last Dinosaur or whatever. Up, you know, like like any of those ones. I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but it definitely was underwhelming to me. It's so funny because when you uh, talked to me the other day and you actually said that, I knew exactly what you meant because it was a good movie. It was a fun movie. It was like it wasn't like oh when I say it was good, it wasn't like oh it's the best thing ever because it definitely wasn't. But between the animation, the music. And there was some confusion, yet there was some good direction in the movie, like the good messages, the deeper meaning, the great beyond and all that. Yeah, it was just a fun movie. It's a cool movie. Like a Disney movie like that to me, like there isn't the expectation where like you kind of can't really miss with like a movie like that to a degree because there really isn't a bad Pixar movie like, oh, it's no, it's in the bottom five. That's actually like still good, though, because they're all pretty good movies. But yeah, like you said, bro, like it was a fun movie. But, you know, there was definitely points that got a little confusing. But in the end, it, you know, it, it made it – it filled itself out. It made sense when it needed to. And, yeah, it was a good movie. I know Mark said he wasn't able to finish the movie. He's uh, watching bits and pieces while the beautiful Lizzie and Michelle were watching the movie. But definitely check it out, Mark. I definitely uh, recommend it, too. Yeah, yeah. Not saying that it's not a, a movie worth seeing. Yeah. The, the thing that I was – I don't know. I was kind of confused about, like, when they went back to Earth – you know, like he had to go into a cat, and then and then that was and then, they could have done something better with that. That's what I'm saying. They and then 22, and then like 22 going into his body, that was fine. You know, going into his body, so that way sh- she could experience what it was like to be alive and to experience yeah, these things the to find to find her spark. You know that that's fine. But for him to be a cat, I don't know. There were some funny parts, but uh, <laughs> I just didn't. I don't know that 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 didn't do it for me right there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it could have been, I guess, anything but a cat. But then again, it was kind of like, okay. It just had those weird moments. Okay, I'm in a barber shop, you know, with the character. And then there's a cat there talking, which no one can hear, but we can hear. It just kind of caused a little bit of like, hold on, what's going on here? Maybe it should have been another human or something. But ultimately, cool movie, you know, fun movie. I'm sure everyone watched it. And when yeah. like, oh, it was good. That's what it is, you know. The expectation is just different than other movies, so... Like honestly, like honestly, just to uh, to end the year with something like that and the message that it sends to like yes. when he was first down there with 22 saying like, what's my life? Like, what the hell? Like, I've done nothing with my life. And for them to realize that, wait a minute, like all these other moments of teaching these kids music and his, everything with his mom and his dad right. at the jazz club. Like, you know what? He actually did live a fulfilling life just to appreciate the small things in life. And to not concentrate on the things that make you maybe successful financially or professionally or whatever, but to gauge your happiness on those small moments, like with family and friends and stuff. And it was re- that's re- like the, really the powerful, true message of the movie that made it um, 
you know, not a, a horrible movie, you know, whatever. Like we can nitpick all day on these plot points and whatever, but all in all, it was a really cool message that, you know, that's what the story was. Well, while we talk about, you know, that movie, we obviously know there was a, another long awaited movie, which showed up finally long movie too. Well, God, it was long, but <laughs> wonder woman 84 got to hear from you guys first. What was the opinion on it? What'd you guys think? Well, Mark, let's go ahead and bring in Mr. Mark Ragundes, ladies and gentlemen. He's back on the podcast. He's going to talk about a movie that he actually did watch. So, Mark, what was your opinion of Wonder Woman 84? Wonder Woman 84, tell me, give me one one wish. Just tell me <laughs> one wish. wish. It could all be true. It could all. Max Lord, if you could elaborate more for me on this Max Lord character, I'm not too familiar with him. If he's, he's, just, uh, he's just like one of those like Simon Staggs, like he's a he's, he's a poor man's Lex Luthor, you know, just a lot of money, you know, like in these stories and stuff. He's kind of behind some of the things like, oh, my God, who's behind all of this? And then, oh, my God, oh, it's Maxwell Lore. He's kind of power hungry, you know. But how come he hasn't came across any of my DC stories? Because he's a jabroni. <laughs> actually, he actually he was in fans. one. When I was first reading comics in back in uh, summer 16, back in 2016, hey. uh, he, <laughs> there was a crossover story with, oh, here we go, and like DC with another crossover story. But back then I was like all Jews, like, oh, what? I got to get 20 books to get this one? Hell yeah, sign me up, buddy. So okay. there, was a, there was a Justice League story, and and Maxwell Lord was in that one, and he was like the main uh, villain in that one. He was behind everything. And what what struck me was is that right there, Mark. He hasn't come across anything in books to you, new and old. So why was he like the focal point of pretty much the whole movie? Not just the focal point as far as the villain's concerned, but I saw more of Maxwell Lord than I saw of Diana Prince, of Themyscira. Like why? That's one of my main gripes. It's like why – like I was so freaking excited to see Cheetah, and Cheetah – Dr. Barbara Minerva, she gets five, ten full minutes of screen time. Of and like actual three, Cheetah? Uh, no, less than that. No. I'm talking about, I'm talking about uh, of actual like Barbara Minerva. She had really, like, not a lot. She had in the beginning where she trips and falls, and then she has the middle part where um, Maxwell Lord is at the party trying to get the stone, and then she finally – you know, bucks up the courage and she finally gets those powers that she gets. She doesn't want to give up. She doesn't want to rescind her wish. And she kicks Diana's ass at the white house. And then the very end when she's actually cheetah, like not a lot of screen time. I really wanted them for, for them to develop her more than Maxwell Lord, like Maxwell Lord to be kind of like a background guy to, you know, have the money to kind of finance whatever they're going on. But then again, how they made the story, what it was, Maxwell Are you Lord talking was about kind of like the black mask in Birds of Prey? How Something he was like kinda, that. How yeah. he was kind of more of like a back, like not the focal point. Exactly. But because of that specific wish for him to become that stone, he, it was it was already over. It, yeah. it was already over Reagan, as far as once he got into the White House and he just Reagan just he forget it, bro. Yeah. Oh man, Reagan gave Hor- him all horrible this. looking Reagan. By the way, if that was supposed to be Ronald Reagan, they needed to do a lot better job than to cast that guy. But I'll tell you what, me, be, I don't want to show my age, but I always do because I always tell you guys how 1984, since 84, I've been out oh, there right. getting my dough, second thing in, that, in San Ho, right? <laughs> Mac Dre knows what's up, babe. Eight, 1984, all I got to say is that this story brought me back because it kind of reminds me, we, talk, we have talked about Stranger Things in this podcast before, Netflix original series, and how 
they kind of bring it back to the 80s and the malls and everything. And it's like that, that, that in Wonder Woman, it actually brought me back to that time, the cars. And I got I, I mean, I don't know how they set up these sets in Hollywood and whatnot, but I kind of got to hand it to like the directors, producers, whoever the hell puts this all together because you really got sets of all. I mean, it really takes you back in time. And, you know, people are kind of knocking this 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 movie left and right from what i see you know on internet and whatnot but in my opinion i think it it was decent you know i don't think it was great i i give it about a b b plus maybe in my opinion do i think that from what i've seen from dc uh you guys are shaking your head but i know b plus I'd give it a C at the C. I'd give it a solid C, like a 76% on the yeah. final exam. Okay, okay, okay. But I'm grading. Let, let, let me give you guys a curve here. You at nice the end of the day, you always, want, you always wanted that test graded on a curve. And I'm going to grade it on a curve. You had that Joe like, Blow in your classroom who was valedictorian who got a 99%. Like, God damn it, Charlie. I'm, I'm going to grade it on a curve here. And I'm going to – my basis point here is I'm going to base it on what DC has came out with since I've been doing this podcast. And since I've been doing this podcast, honestly, guys, in my opinion, I think that it's one of the better – do I think it was better than Shazam? Yes. Do I think it was better than Birds of Prey? Yes. Don't – Okay, you got. Okay, you got. Right. I mean, I'm giving you guys the floor now. You guys talk. Okay, so better than Birds of Prey, yes. Better than Suicide Squad. It's right there with Shazam. It's a close. I wish might like Shazam more, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Batman vs Superman. I'm going Batman vs Superman. I'll go Batman vs Superman. I'll give you that one. Uh, Justice League. I just hated that movie, but Snyder Cut will probably shit on it. So. I don't know, bro. It's yes. like yeah, the Snyder Cut's gonna shit on Wonder Woman eighty four. It's weird because Wonder Woman eighty four. I just think at the end of the day, it just goes into the long anticipation and just it was supposed to be the movie. This is gonna blow. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. The beginning scene at the mall. I'm sorry. Was that was that or was that not really cheesy? That was pointless. Like it was like um, a really cheesy 80s or 90s TV show where it was like, oh, here comes Wonder Woman to save the day. That's I'm gonna, how they I'm try gonna... to introduce like the old school Wonder Woman. It is. is that, yeah. I, it is exactly what I thought. And I so think... I already had that kind of feeling at the beginning of, oh, dude, that, that was really cheesy. How yeah. How is the rest of this movie going to go? So – but good points. I did love the aesthetic of 1984, Mark, like you did. I loved how they – the music and everything. I saw a funny podcast. I was uh, I was listening. They were like, hey – you know, they were really nitpicky. They were like, hey, wait a minute. That song they played at the party when when Minerva shows up in like the nice skinny black dress, the song they were playing was from, you know, October of 1987. Oh, or I mean, sorry, 1984. But obviously from the fireworks show, they was this was set in July. I was like, ah, come on, douchebag. Yeah, I got I just, too much free time for yeah, that. Let that go. But other things that I really enjoyed, Barbara, um, Kristen Wiig as Cheetah, just to kind of embrace if no one knows her character you know from the comic books just kind of she kind of laughs off being clumsy and kind of nerdy and stuff and then it completely flips the script when she becomes cheetah she's one of the most confident badass villains in the dc universe she's wonder woman's arguably one of the her biggest villains which kind of sucked because she was the second act she was the side villain in this movie and then finally for me a huge huge fan service was the invisible jet 
I got giddy. I was I look it over my wife. I was like, oh my dude, there's it's the invisible jet from the freaking TV show. It's the invisible jet. And then they never use it again, which kind of pissed me off. But dude, just for for them to say, oh yeah, you know, to explain how radar works, and then for them to turn invisible, yeah. that was that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Sorry, go ahead, guys. No, the movie, yeah, like I mean, kind of like the consensus between all of us. Like it was cool. It was you know it was good. It just I. The expectation obviously didn't live up to but the favorite part for me was definitely what you guys alluded to from the very beginning just that 80s feel 84 feel you know the clothing 84. the music the whole vibe and stuff like that was dope but it's just like i don't know watching the movie like you just felt like something was missing big time and i think like what Mar- mike just said you know you can tell from the opening scene like this better not be like the beginning of just it started off kind of Cornelius, a little cheesy, with like the I'm Wonder Woman. And it's like, I don't know. It just kind of snowballed to where like you can just tell, okay, it's gonna be a cool movie, but you know it's just not gonna it's not gonna be up there. And then immediately the very next day, we're gonna have a Wonder Woman number three, which I mean, I almost think you kinda have to now. Yeah. I did like they tied in like the feel of the story though from the opening scene. Remember the opening scene when she's a little girl and she's going through all those games and then she takes the shortcut. You know, she loses the horse, she goes down the little well thing and she kind of cheats, right? So that's that what was the, awesome. the the her god dang it. Is it was it her aunt, you know, the one who dies in Wonder Woman first one where she says, "You're not going to get anywhere if you cheat." I'm paraphrasing here, but you know, when you cheat, you cut corners, like you're not going to get anywhere. So this one right here, she is selfish as to wish for nothing but to have Steve Trevor back alive, and that's what gets taken from her. Her powers get taken. Everything goes to crap because she was selfish, and she wished – and she cared no one about herself, and she was lonely from Wonder Woman 1 in the middle of World War One in the 19-teens all the way you know, 70 years, 60, 70 years until the middle of the 1980s. She has had no one, you know, how she's sitting alone at the restaurant. She's like, no, no, go ahead. You go and take the taxi. I'm not going to share it with you, sir. She has had no one. So when she finally had the opportunity to wish something, she went the selfish route and to go back to when she was a little girl, that's what ended up screwing her in the end. She was screwed twice there. So that's what my kind of take from it. And you guys mentioned, Mike, especially how you you don't really like the fact that you didn't get Cheetah for more than what five to eight minutes or whatever. The, the CGI, <laughs> the CGI that uh, favorite that Warner Brothers decided to use in these. Did you like it, though? Did you uh, like you her? Did, I betrayal? did. Honestly, I did. I, I think that's that's what I'm talking about, Mike. Thank you. In my opinion, this is what I'm going to get at right here. It was just enough CGI. And, you know. We're all we're adults here. We're all past our 30s, right? I just think that, in my opinion, we know Disney. We know that Disney is kind of goes more towards the younger audience. HBO, Time Warner, Warner Brothers. We know the kind of audience that they're headed towards. Don't get me wrong, guys. As much as comic book fans we are here on this podcast, and everyone that pretty much listens to us, I'd say they want to see more of cheetah they want to see more of the actual the cgi the character itself but in my honest opinion i think that what hbo and what time warner warner brothers everybody in the dc universe is trying to do is 
they got a different, you know, a demographic than Disney does. Where Disney, they release soul for younger kids. I mentioned last week on episode 93 with Sean how the kids are going to be around the Christmas tree and the adults are going to be watching the football and the basketball games and drinking. And the the parents are going to put on, you know, the Disney Plus with the soul to keep the kids entertained, right? But with us adults here, I think that HBO, Time Warner, they kind of know that. And in a way, I think that that's what they're kind of focusing on. Because in my honest opinion, guys, Mike, Sean, I don't want to see like 30 minutes of a CGI cheetah. And I honestly enjoyed – see, I mean, Mike, you might be different than me, but I enjoyed what was leading up to that cheetah at the end with all the Easter eggs. You remember when she first met you know, Diana when she got there to the Smithsonian or whatever it oh, was. Yeah, cool shoes. Right? Cool shoes, cool shoes. And right. then when they're sitting on the couch, they got that – they got that 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 cheetah skin on the back of the couch with Max yep. Lord and his mm-hmm. son and everything, right? So there were just so many Easter eggs kind of just leading into the whole aspect of cheetah that in my opinion, I enjoyed that without just having to see a bunch of CGI cheetah the whole time. Yeah? Do I agree with you guys with maybe could we have a cheetah maybe in another scene or two? Yeah, why not? But I feel like this whole movie, they kind of tried to keep so much of the cgi like so it was i don't know it was kind of more of a a story just kind of building up but not too much of the whole kiddish uh cgi you know like just it was more of i don't know i I don't even know how to explain it but more of like a straight movie forward or movie type that wasn't just a you know superhero type movie i think that's kind of what they're aiming for with these with these with these streaming wars here if you would if you will you know yeah, and then I also like the end scene too, how they brought back Linda Carter and she played the you know the 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 Amazonian who she like told the story you know I forgot what her name was mm-hmm. it started with an A and they how she died or she disappeared but it wasn't she didn't die she was well and alive and you thought it was Gal Gadot at the end but it was Linda Carter the thing about it was is that like the end scene in um, Aquaman how you saw how Black Manta he survived. And you kind of lead up into, ooh, he might be an Aquaman number two. So when we get the news that Wonder Woman 3, the very next day, is green lit, you, I kind of want to see maybe more of Cheetah. But then when she re- renounced her or rescinded her wish, she goes back to being just regular Barbara Minerva, Kristen Wiig. And I wanted a scene at the very end of the movie to kind of see where she was going to go, head to. you know, Because obviously she's Cheetah. So what happens to where she turns back into Cheetah? And, you know, I don't want to get that in, in Wonder Woman 3. If she's going to be in Wonder Woman 3, I want her to already be established. She's Cheetah. Yeah. Boom. So to me, I don't think she's going to be in it now. That's that's that, that's my thinking. She's not going to be in it. You. So it, she was only Cheetah because of that stone um, that Maxwell Lord took. Mm-hmm. And now that she's not, there's like, what other way is she going to turn back into Cheetah? So that's my that's my so, thinking. So Wonder Woman 83. Sorry, 85. Wonder Woman <laughs> 3 is going to be kind of based on – you guys mentioned it before during the week. Do you think it might be a spinoff of one of these Snyder cuts? Could be. It could be set more turn, more towards modern times. It's I don't think be, there's a reason to go back different. in time again. You know, like they were in the 19-teens for Wonder Woman 1, and they jumped all the way to the 80s. There's no reason to go back to like the 50s or 60s, like Vietnam War or even World War II or something like that. You know, just have it something like a, like a story to spin out of the Snyder Cut maybe. You know, I don't know. And that's why I think you might be kind of right on that whole 
getting cheetah getting cut out because i think that in my honest opinion what are you guys' thoughts on uh mr chris pine getting cut out with his role on the next upcoming film man you think that he still has a he still has a Trevor uh, Scott Trevor Scott or Scott Scott Trevor. <laughs> Scott Trevor. <laughs> Scott. <laughs> the, 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 I don't see him being in the next movie. There's kind of no Trevor. point. There's Steve, no point so in Steve, having Steve, him. Steve, sorry. I mean, There's I mean, no we were the point. only ones to see him anyways. The whole movie, uh, Wonder Woman saw the other guy, <laughs> and how and how awkward was that at the end of the movie where she like saw him, you know? Yeah. But it was that's, just that's it outfit. was just that guy. What was like? What the hell do you? Th- like, what was she thinking? Like, oh my god, I saw this guy's wiener. Like, oh god. But it was but it was Steve Trevor inside his body. Like, how awkward was that? That's kind of weird. Well, it was pretty awkward when I'm trying to start when I start watching this movie at with my five year old daughter because she's into the Wonder Woman thing. And then I, as I'm watching, I'm like, wait, this is PG-13. I know it's going to get a little frisky. Right. And then you got the party <laughs> with Max Lord and Cheetah and, and they they go up. I'm like, oh, that's true. My wife's covering up my my do my daughter's <laughs> just so damn smart. She's just like laughing and smile. It's like, how the hell does your five year old ass know? Like, it's just. <laughs> It's weird to me, but uh, yeah. Well, that's that specific scene. Like, what are you supposed to teach her? Like, you you would you would want her to maybe believe that they're in a romantic relationship, but no. Maxwell Lord is just using her. What are you gonna tell her? Oh, it's okay, honey. They're not really kissing because they want to. They're kissing because he's just trying to get that stone. He's using her. Like, (laughs) what are you supposed to say? But but that's the thing with my daughter. The only thing she understands is like a male and a female, like her mom and her dad, and they're like kissing and Mm -hmm. whatnot because you know. You know, kids kids understand that, man. Kids realize that. But you know what the world is going to realize, Mike, if you want to get into real quick, as we have mentioned, both uh, both movies that were released on Christmas. If you guys have any more to talk about Wonder Woman 84 or Soul, go ahead now. But if not, I kind of want to get into the streaming wars talk. do you guys have anything else? Do you guys want me to get into it? No, no, no. I I do know that um, I'm not I'm sure you're going to say it, but I do know that you're. They have the results of the Christmas weekend as far as Soul versus Wonder Woman. If you got a couple numbers, Mike, you can throw it at them. If not, I got a couple here uh, giving credit where credit is due via movieweb.com. Guys, here, man. Dude, so Wonder Woman 84 resulted in such a spike, right? But Pixar Soul and Disney Plus, a 28% increase and an yep. estimated of 2.3 million installations of the Disney Plus app. I know we talked about this during the week. The Disney Plus app was registered globally following the release of Soul with 2.3 million installations. Now, is that subscribers? Not so much. That is just downloads that have gotten. But on the contrary, with HBO Max, they only had about an estimated about not even a million, but 550,000 downloads were registered from HBO Max in the Wonder Woman 1984 release. So the clear winner here is obviously, guys, you know, Disney Plus. But on the contrary, Disney Plus was actually offered, guys, in as many countries in the world where HBO Max is actually only currently available in the U.S. So with with they with HBO Max only being offered in one country, which is kind of mind-boggling to me, in my opinion, and with Disney Plus, you know, being offered all over the place in like every country, what are your thoughts, man? I think that on the grand scheme of things, yes, it looks like HBO Max is a little bit of a loser here when it comes to numbers, 
But I think that with the release that they did, Mike, I know you didn't like it being released that late in the day, but uh, I think that I think that they kind of I, I think that they helped themselves a little bit more than hurting themselves, in my opinion. Where are your guys' thoughts they on They helped themselves because they released such a blockbuster movie, even if the reviews weren't good. I think, like, when I texted it, the upper execs, they, to a degree, don't care about the product. At that point, they just want numbers. But the product, to a degree, also needs to reflect. But then they had the chain reaction of 2021, Space Jam 2, Godzilla, King Kong. They have just a crap load of stuff that's going to it's going to get subscribers. I don't even think it's a streaming war. That's kind of like how we're looking at it. I mean, to me, if anything, Wonder Woman should have maybe had more viewers in Seoul. I mean, people watch Seoul, kids, it attracts families. Like, oh, my kid wants to watch him. Family's going to watch it. But kind of like a superhero movie, a movie that we've been waiting for for over a year. Like Wonder Woman, everyone and their moms wanted to watch that. So it's kind of like, I don't know. It's, Gal Gadot. Who you know, it's watch just it? those yeah. weird things. Like, Because the thing about it, too, is, is that the 500-something thousand people that downloaded HBO Max, that could have been current people who already have HBO. Who already yeah. have Comcast or Verizon or whatever gives you HBO. So how many people actually signed up for HBO Max to pay the $15 That's a what month? matters. Yes, that I agree. That's what matters. When you talk about two point something million people downloaded H, uh, I'm mean, sorry, Disney Plus. I don't know if there's a lot of things offering a year subscription to Disney Plus for free. A lot of those people who downloaded Disney Plus are then going to have to pay the eight to twelve or eight to thirteen dollars a month up front, like right off the bat. Not many people from the HBO Max side would have to really start paying the $15 a month. I want to see numbers there. I also want to see actual numbers of downloading and viewing those mu- those movies, which I think Soul probably still won out because of all the kids. But yeah. But at the end of the day uh, as well, guys, don't you guys forget that Disney Plus slow- solely released Soul, <laughs> no pun intended, solely released Soul on Disney Plus on Christmas weekend as but but Warner Brothers released Wonder Woman 84 in theaters as well that weekend, which actually grossed 16 million at the domestic box office, and that was the best debut for any movies in the theater since this pandemic began. So at the end of the day, guys, you guys are so pessimistic with my damn HBO and Warner Brothers, man. But what I'm trying to say is, at the end of the day, I think that. They kind of got what they wanted. They held off. They knew that Christmas weekend probably would have been the best weekend to bring this movie out. The biggest anticipation that they've had for 2020, right? At the same time, they did something exclusive that Disney was not willing to do, which was release in movie theaters, which obviously if you live in California, Ga- Gavin Fornia, think about it. <laughs> if you're living in Gavin Fornia, you're not going to be able to go to no damn movie theater. But there's so many other states across the country that they don't give a damn. You can go to a movie theater, and as it shows here, 16 million. As we know, guys, being an entertainment-based podcast, that that is not much at the box office. But for the way the economy's going, I'm sure that Time Warner is more than happy to be able to grow 16 million at the domestic box office for Wonder Woman 84. That's all they care about right now is numbers. I think what Mike was saying too, they just want subscribers at this point. I mean. 
I don't even know if right now let's compete with Disney Plus. Forget that. Just build your brand right now. You know, you guys already took the step to have all these new movies coming out next year. I mean, my dad has Comcast, so I just recently, you know, downloaded the HBO Max. I'm sure up using his account and just seeing what they have. They got good movies, good shows. Hey, if, you know, if it's content, I'm watching it. I'm not really a hard critic. So, I mean, just just get numbers, it, bro. It, it must be a Libra thing, Sean. We We ain't too much of a hard critics, right? It's just... We know that everything can't be. We 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 know that everything can't be like the the Dark Knight, you know, Chris Nolan number one type scripts and everything. So we kind of just we know we're not going to get the best in and out every year, but we're we're just happy to get what we got, right? So I mean I'm excited for yeah, but but at what point are you going to have a lot of these uh, birds of praise and you're like, oh, I'm not a hard critic. Oh, you at what point are no you birds. getting sick and tired of these of these Suicide Squads and these, you know, I hope to God that these movies coming out in 2021 are good, you know, because we're getting su- the Suicide Squad. How do you squad. change it, Mike? How do you change it? What do I don't you know. They, they have to get. They have to get somehow. They have to get a Kevin Feige. They have to get a John Favreau in there. Why? Someone just something. coordinate the whole thing. He's an orchestrator. Know. He just orchestrates know. everything, bro. It's just listen. Who's the Kevin Feige of DC right now? Dem- I think these companies are trying to attract different different demographics, guys. I just think that Marvel, Disney, they suit the younger. Why? why? You guys want well, you guys love the MCU, but here on the Comic Bookies podcast, we're not reading any da- barely damn any MCU books. Why? It's, because it's, we know, you know it's, it's, it's we different. know in our honesty, DC, yeah, DC is owning comic books. Their TV shows are better. Their cartoons are better. But, but it's their but everyone chow. But everyone wants to concentrate on the movies. Everyone compares it to Infinity War. Everyone compares it to Iron That's Man One. It it's it's the, you're gonna. It, this is the generation that we live That's in. General this population. is the social media. So you're everyone has an opinion. Everyone's that... a, everyone's an expert. They want to nitpick these things. They don't have to. Especially this movie. They don't have to go back and spend fifteen dollars or uh, you now, know. They, now they can watch it three straight it, times and nitpick the hell out of it. It now stands as the lowest rated DC extended universe movie on IMDb. Come on. It yeah, can't I mean, be the worst. It's, it's definitely it's definitely not. But it's I mean picked apart because that's what this generation of people like to do. The newest thing has to get picked apart and whatnot. But I, I just think it's it's BS. I think that there it's a different demographic. Like I mentioned yes. earlier. It's not you're not going to get cheetah for 30 straight minutes like you're not like you're not going to get the that and and that's maybe that's why I'm advocating so much for Time Warner Warner Brothers and what they're doing with these DC movies, because they're not just giving you two hours of CGI like we don't I, I don't want Avatar. I'm not going to the box office to just watch Avatar for two hours, bro. Like I'm excited to actually see, but you know, if you watch Avatar, you know what you're going for, though. That's but, the thing. I, if you're going I'm to not, have to I'm say, not I don't going to see. Wonder Woman 84 to see Cheetah for 30 minutes in CGI. I'm excited. To I was. <laughs> see, that's yeah, where you be and you differ. And I think different. that's where. And Maybe I not think, 30 minutes of screen time, but I wanted her for a lot more than the, you know, the, the three minute scene of her fighting, you, you know, you know something a little bit more. No. But you gotta. But I mean, the CGI did work pretty good with her in those three minutes, though. Yeah, it it was fine. It looked like her face itself, like when they did the close up on the face, looked it looked good. like a lot of makeup. It looked like more makeup than CGI. You know, it didn't look like a Thanos CGI. Yeah, she yeah, looks pretty. Exactly. Yeah, she looked real. It's more just like that effects with the CGI mm-hmm. part. Yeah. All in all, you know what? Those people who hate online and who pick apart. I got a couple coworkers who like. I got. I had to walk away. 
of them just like, oh, remember this part? Oh, the, what's happened to this part? You know who – what all those people have in common? They're not executive producers. They're not big big wigs at Warner Brothers, and they have no power in greenlighting or not greenlighting these movies because whatever you want to say, One Room and Three is getting made. Gal Gadot is going to be there. Patty Jenkins is going to direct it too. So whatever. You go say whatever you want to say about Wonder Woman 1984, Wonder Woman 3 is happening. But I mean, you kind of got that right off the bat from the beginning of the movie, right? I hate guns. Right? Mm. You know, it's just she's just using the lasso the whole time and it's just it's just you had a in my opinion, you had a couple, you know, subliminal messages, some positive, some kind of that like I guess whatever. I'm I'm not so pro against, but all in all, dude, you I think it was a pretty decent movie, bro. I think that if I'm going to take my five-year-old daughter to watch it again with those uh, intimate scenes, although I do appreciate them for not getting too down and dirty, just the kissing and whatnot, but you can definitely take someone a little bit younger to watch the movie. It's just uh, – I mean – I'm not going to be a hard critic like Sean says, man. Just give me a little bit of entertainment. Obviously, there's better movies. There's, uh, you know, it, it always comes to me in street racing back in the day when you used to line them up down in Santa Clara, right? You just you try to get turbo. You try to get the fastest car. At the end of the day, guys, there's always going to be a faster car. You can do whatever the hell damn you want. There's always going to be a faster car. There's always going to be a stronger person at the gym. And there's always going to be a better movie in the pipeline when it comes to to streaming, you know. But I, I think they did a decent job, and I'm excited where – DC Extended Universe is trying to go forward from here, man. Yeah, I mean, if you are coming to this podcast to hear nothing but negativity and pessimism, um, <laughs> we'd like to talk about that for the Raiders. But as far as as far as movies are concerned, I think all three of us collectively are easily pleased. We do have a little bit of gripes here and there, but all in all, I mean, I, I've I've never rated a movie a D. So you know, every all these movies are getting passing grades. So um, to round out the comic book side. Um, just want to say that the most watched Netflix show of 2020 by a friggin' landslide is one that's also at the same time disappearing after tomorrow is The Office, which I'm assuming it's going Classic. over to Peacock. But and also a show that my daughter watches. It was number two, Coco Melon. I don't know if uh, Lizzie's <laughs> ever watched Coco Melon, Mark, but that one it was number two. I think Ozark was three, and then I can't think of the other ones. Uh, you know, The Queen's Gambit and whatnot was was on the top ten list. But yeah, um, finally, Sean, season two of Mandalorian was amazing, especially those last two episodes. Bill Burr returns, uh, you know, episode seven. He did. He had he, that scene where he was just, you know, that monologue that he had, just him face to face with his com- old commanding officer and like the horrors that he went through. Just like, you know, that PTSD of just being like a soldier, you know, stormtrooper specifically. And yeah, and of course, boom, <laughs> Luke Skywalker comes in the TIE fighter. But um, again, the first, for, for me, for uh, my opinion, the first handful of episodes. It was shaping up to be not as good as the first season, but like the last two or three episodes, just like, boom, you automatically just made it as good <laughs> as the first season. Well, I think they did good in the build up in the beginning because they kind of just, you know, re like introduced us to the relationship that's just so strong with Grogu, who we now know his name. And of course, the Mandalorian. And then, yeah, like you said, man, those last couple episodes are just a home run. I mean, we've seen Ahsoka in the episode. We've seen Bubba Fett. You know, it's just such a good show when you watch it because you kind of just appreciate, like, the old Star Wars, which, hey, we've seen Luke Skywalker 
Master Jedi, and then you see, you know, the handoff from the Mandalorian giving Grogu to Luke, and it's kind of like, damn, uh, you know, what's going to happen next, really? You already know there's a next season. I mean, Mandalorian even freaking unmasked. We know who he was, but just, like, the significance of that in the show, there was so many just defining moments, I think, in this season. And next season, like, I actually have no idea what to expect. Are we going to see Grogu again? What's going to be the perception of a Mandalorian finally unmasking? Are we going to see Luke again? I mean, who knows? But overall, a great season two. I have not literally heard one negative thing from anybody, so very yeah. happy. And then and then the news, obviously, dropping the last couple weeks of all the tie-in shows and everything, Ahsoka and uh, the Book of Boba Fett. So we're going to see – I think we may see a show or two before the season three of Mandalorian, so yes. maybe something like a setup. But yeah, who knows? But, but all in all, just give me more of that content. It's amazing. Uh, we have a bunch of shows. We have um, – what WandaVision coming in January. We have Falcon Winter Soldier coming on my anniversary, March 19th. So we have just a lot of stuff looking forward to on both the DC and the Marvel side. So, yeah. So in saying that, we are going to transition into the sports side of the podcast. But for everyone, as always, we are brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Go get your books today on New Comic Book Day. And you can go ahead and follow us on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and whatnot, at The Comic Bookies. Search us, The Comic Bookies, on YouTube as well. We are dropping videos about every week to every two weeks, so please go and follow us on all those platforms. Okay, fellas, so we have the NFL, we have college football, we have plenty of playoff implications in the NFL as Week 17 is rolling here, and of course the two games of the college football playoffs, among other bowl games as well. So, uh, whatever you guys want to start out with, let's get into it. Let's talk some foosball. Yeah, the most important thing these days is the NFL with playoffs upon us. Obviously, some teams eliminated in Week 16. Unfortunately, your guys is uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, despite them not making the playoffs, they still have a chance at getting to that eight-win eight total. But, you know, unfortunate, man. They definitely had a good favorable matchup with the last four games of the season, and things kind of just didn't work out. Definitely a heartbreaking loss at that with Miami, but they do face Denver this week, so they could hopefully end this season on a high note. But like you said, Mike, there are a lot of teams in that AFC fighting for those last couple playoff spots. The NFC, a couple spots left. It's going to be a fun week in week 17. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You guys mentioned we got the Baltimore Ravens sitting here at 10 and 5. As bad as the Pittsburgh Steelers have been playing, they're going to sit their main quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. I don't I mean, I don't know why they're going to sit him. I think as bad as they've been playing, guys, I think that you guys going to test that. I think you would want him in there maybe playing this last game. You don't you don't want him rusting going in you know I mean you don't want him really that rusty going into the playoffs in my opinion but you got Tennessee Titans sitting at ten and five you got the Colts sitting at ten and five and you got the Dolphins sitting at ten and five I think that uh, Mike is kind of with me on that one that he would hate to see the Dolphins get in after that exorcism that no, Ryan I don't Patrick. I mean I, th- this season has been although the Raiders have been you know poor poor again. And just so underwhelming and just underachieving. Uh, it has thrilled me beyond belief to see the Patriots not be successful 
and not one, but two teams, <laughs> two teams in the AFC East are going to might make the playoffs besides and I not the Patriots. Like, like, let's go Dolphins. Let's go. And it. hey, going back to the Steelers, though, like Big Ben sitting. Yeah, it's good because he's older. You can give him a little rest. But Mark, like you said, you don't want him rusty because if they're going to go in as the number two seed or, or the number three seed, yes, they get a home game, but they're going to have to play against the Colts or the Browns or the Ravens or there the Dolphins. No they're, they're not going to have an easy freaking game uh, playoffs week one next week, you know? Well, all those teams that Mark mentioned, man, those are all 10 win teams, which I mean, this be honest, the worst 10 win team in football is Cleveland. I don't care what anybody says. They are the worst 10 win, you know, 10 win team. But Tennessee, Miami, Baltimore, Indianapolis, common denominator. They have great defenses and offensively, they're pretty damn good also. So, I mean, hey, Pittsburgh, go at your own risk. Uh, good luck in the second round of the playoffs. But this, you know, this last three playoff spots in the AFC is going to be tough, man. I mean, it, actually looking at the schedule, they all kind of have favorable matchups. But, I mean, picking three of them, I think Tennessee, Indianapolis, and it just sucks because I want Miami, but I'm kind of thinking Baltimore. I mean, how do you not pick Lamar? But it, don't it's you, Don't you only have to t- eliminate one? Well, I'm trying to think right now because, oh, I'm sorry because – so God, who's the South so who's, is still for the division? You're right. So I'm yeah, going. So who's the no, so who's the ten win team oh, that's going to Cleveland, lose? Cleveland. Or oh, it's Cleveland's going to get left out. Okay. Oh, it's Cleveland. It's Cleveland. I'm so sorry because I, I just looking at it right now. I had a brain fart. There's no no one in the AFC South yet. So I mean, I don't even care who takes the division. I mean, hopefully, you know, it'll be the Colts. But Tennessee, if they take it, so be it. As long as the Browns don't make the playoffs, let the streak ride, man. <laughs> yeah, we got the. I mean, they got some pretty kind of easy matchups, like the Colts are at home against the 1-14 Jaguars. By the way, sidebar, Jets, what are you doing? I mean, you you had it. You had it. And Players don't lose told, games, totally, Mike. You know that. Players totally don't F'd. lose games. Totally effed. I know, but just, just totally effed. Tanking man. for Trevor? Tanking for Players Trevor. Players don't tank, though. Players don't tank. Coaches That's tank. That's right. The yeah. Organizations tank. Exactly. Players don't I, give I, a I damn. I'm happy they won. That's exactly. the big you. I would J- never want to tank. Just like the Jets' uh, defense against the Raiders tanked, and it freaking looked like the Raiders' defense tanked against the Miami Dolphins on that and, last play. You Hold on. You guys want to talk about tanking. You guys want to talk about the ultimate tank job coming up here in, in, in Week 17. How funny is this? You got the New York Jets at the New England Patriots. <laughs> is Bill Belichick sitting here thinking like, damn, we should have maybe tanked a couple games because Cam Newton is not the guy. We're going to obviously need a, a new guy to come in here and fix the system. If you talk about the divorce that happened between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, we obviously know who the winner from that divorce was, right? But New York Jets coming into week 17, a, you know, a, a three-point underdog going into Foxborough. But it, it, it's kind of a funny situation that you got going there, you know. This week 17, Sean, Mike, you guys talked about it. It's just how how can you really handicap this? You got, you know, Roethlisberger sitting out when when in our opinion, we don't think that he should. You know, you got the Cleveland Browns now sitting at a 10 point favorite minus 450 on the money line. It's just I, I don't know, man. I think that. I think that the AFC is going to be fun in the playoffs. I think that the NFC is kind of more set in stone but in your guys' yeah. opinion going forward what uh 
what do you guys think with this with this last week of the season, man? I mean, I, 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 like unfortunately for the Dolphins, they play at Buffalo. So if Josh Allen's not going to sit, you know, then it's not looking good for the Dolphins because point. you have Baltimore against Cincinnati. You have a Bra- the Browns at home against a Roethlisberger list. Steelers team who actually who are not playing very well and then you have the Colts at home against the Jaguars you have the Titans who are visiting Houston you know it's just not a favorable matchup on paper for the Miami Dolphins what I'd like to look at is who the hell is going to win this NFC East you have the six and nine Washington football team and Dallas Cowboys and you have the not yet eliminated not yet eliminated yet five and ten Giants who the hell is going to get a home game in the first round of the playoffs coming out of the nfc east well when you look at the schedules i mean it's one of those things that you don't want dallas to get in but surprisingly i mean it's kind of hard to not see them win i mean they've sucked all season let's be honest nobody's picked them nobody's wanted them to win but they're at new york i'm still not sold on new york as a good team dallas has zeke amari that they have good skill players it's one of those like how are you guys not even half decent and washington has to travel to philadelphia and ever since jalen Hurts has become the starting quarterback that looks like a whole new team and that's prime time so i'm already going against washington this week their defense has been pretty good this year but jalen he's ignited that team so i'm definitely i think philly's gonna take that game and i actually think dallas might be able to sneak into the playoffs man i'm i'm little sidebar too i want to congratulate ron rivera i saw this online today for he was he has survived two cancers this year one his actual cancer <laughs> and two dwayne haskins and so i'm congratulations, not laughing ron that <laughs> he survived dwayne haskins that yes. guy is jesus christ jesus christ bro I remember Where how much of a beast he was at ohio state man this guy just came in don't, like don't hit me with that one before pre-production bro please don't hit me with that one before pre-pro bro yeah no i couldn't i couldn't i, I had to i had to save for that jesus. one i had to wait for you <laughs> dwayne haskins bro jaminkus 2.0 bro how Jesus. so he didn't even last two years in the football team's organization or coming out of uh ohio state Mr. Dwayne Haskins. I mean, I, I, I don't even know what to say here, guys. I'm still laughing at that damn remark that Mike said, but geez, dude. I mean, uh, I mean it, it was him on draft day, right, Sean? He was like, oh, uh, whoever the 10, 12 other teams, oh, they messed up. They're going to regret not taking me. Oh, I don't think they will. Well, the best thing the NFL did was put that little rookie salary cap instead of paying this guy like $60, $70 million and have him just go, you know, shit it down the bed with uh, strippers and partying and all that other crap. I mean, he's obviously not that talented in the NFL. He's still young. He'll probably get another shot once he kind of gets his head on straight. But, yeah, good for Ron. You definitely survived that one. <laughs> yep. Um, so now we have – it's 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 tough, too, you know, going with the Rams. Like, is Goff – how is Goff, Sean? Is he going to be able Goff to play? Goff is out, and, man. Goff is ruled on. out already. He's out. He's, and they have, and they have um, Sean, I think – one of my cousins or something is a backup quarterback. I don't know some some no name dude. Who the hell is their court is their backup? Bro, it is Jabroni 2.0. Like, I, I never, yeah, I've never even heard of this guy. This guy is John Warford. Wolford. Mm-hmm. I don't even I, know the answer to her past. Wolford isn't he? Isn't he out of? I believe he's out of Wake Forest. His first year or second year, John Wolford. 
Good luck, John. <laughs> there, you, yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, here's a fire. Let me just throw you in there. I mean, the thing that is, you know, going to hurt the Rams, that Cooper Cup, he's on the COVID list and he's looking strongly unlikely to play. So, hey, first time quarterback, you're out you know, without your starting receiver and you're going up against a hungry Cardinals team who needs to fight for the last playoff spot. So it's going to be, I mean, again, add some entertainment, some drama, a fun week 17. But damn, Rams, it's going to suck for you guys. I got a question. I was just randomly thinking about this today. Do you guys think that week 17 should be like the last week of the EPL where every single team plays at the same time? Like everyone plays at like a um, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, you know, so it would be like two o'clock in the afternoon, you know, just so it could add some Pretty drama. Like, teams. oh, my God, because like, you know, it, there's a Sunday night football game is the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. So, you know, they already have time to prepare like, oh, I mean, the Giants, you know, beat the Cowboys. So, you know, uh, you know, you know, what I'm saying. I think it'd be out would add more drama if every single team played at the same exact time on week 17. I completely agree. That's the most important week. And I think just the psychology behind it, what you just said, I've watched some Premier League games where, you know, some games end a little bit later because of stoppage time. But the fact that you got to go in there with just one mentality, win today, instead of an NFL, oh, they lost today. So we clinch a playoff spot. Now we can rest starters, prepare for next week. No, you want to still... You know, obviously, for the fans' sake, give the best product that you can. And just, I think, just entertainment's sake. I mean, all games are starting at the same time. It doesn't just – you don't got to basically just, like, step back at the team loss and you pretty much clinch the playoff spot. I definitely like that uh, yeah. take, Mike. I, I always go back to that day what, five, six years ago when, like, Man U and Man City were going back and forth, and I think Man City ended up winning the EPL. Do you remember that? It was. Of course I do. It was yeah. uh, Aguero who scored the game-winning goal, yeah. and Man Man United had the title, and then I think they scored like two goals in like the last couple minutes. Man City, and they ended up stealing it. And yeah, that yeah. was the first time they were champions for a long time. I think uh, I forgot who their coach was. It's an Italian guy, but yeah, Mike, that was a fun Mike, one. Mike's yeah. a Mike's a dog for this one because I don't know where I know where he's leading into next. I know Mike's a dog for this one, sitting three points back on the table for my Reds. <laughs> this dog—he's a dog. He's a dirty dog for this one. I mean, for me being as down, I mean, I think I'm down on Man U more with like me, you, and my brother Mark, like in our group text messages, than I am on the actual podcast. But man, I mean, they're playing okay for his for a team that has three home wins out of eight games so far this year, and have seemed like they've just been playing like utter shit. Manchester United is in second place by themselves, and they're three points, with you know, behind Liverpool. They had a late winner today. I mean, sorry, yesterday against the Wolves. Yeah, I mean, they're looking okay, but just, I mean, just go back. Mark, you said that the Liverpool Reds are the king of draws right now. They have what seven, I think you said, and Liverpool, and I'm sorry, Manchester United has some ties and some losses. Just turn those around and turn those one points into three, turn those zero points into three. Those two teams would be one and two by about 12 points if it wasn't for these damn draws and losses to begin the season. Yeah, these draws are definitely killing our chances of trying to win back-to-back Premier League championships, man. Uh, you know, they, as we're recording today on Wednesday, they drew to the Newcastle drew. I don't like that. They drew to Newcastle. You know what? That is, I'm sorry. I sound like an idiot saying that. 
they had a draw to Newcastle. They 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 nil nil zero zero to Newcastle, if you will. But pause this. Let's go ahead and just <laughs> let's figure this out. They drew against yeah right. They That's had right. a draw against Newcastle. I'd say like that. I feel like I'm I'm getting attacked here. Me being the lone Reds fan here, Sean. <laughs> But then we got the host here with his brother that kind of attacks us on time to time with the damn Red Devils. And now they're sitting three points behind Liverpool. Right there, man. You know, coming from the same sector of uh, the game North, in hand, by the way, with the game in you had hand. to add that part. <laughs> but you know what? The game in hand, even if you guys do win that and get those three points, you'll be tied. But we're still ahead on going differential. Yeah, so. true. So if we beat Aston Villa on New Year's Day, we'd still be behind. It looks like close to 10 goals still behind Liverpool. Let's go Aston. I mean, <laughs> let's I, go Aston Villa. We know that Liverpool tends to do this around Boxing Day, around Christmas time. I would say about two years ago, they did not win the Premier League because of the same damn predicament that they're in right now, where they damn just, you know, they, they draw four to five games in a row. And if you, you know, like I said, you guys mentioned it. You got Liverpool. They got, what, six draws on the season so far. That's second to only, I believe, I forgot who it was. But maybe you guys mentioned Southampton. But they got seven draws. I, I Don't quote me on that. But seven draws. And you're the champions. And you got six draws sitting there in second. If you turn six of those draws, like we talked in pre-production, guys. I mean, sorry, two of those draws out of those six. If you turn two of those draws into wins, you're sitting right now, Sean, like you mentioned, nine points ahead of Manchester United. So uh, I hate when people say, oh, well, at least you got a point. Yes, it's true. At least you got a point. But getting just one point in in a month and a half straight, I mean, in the, at, at the end of the day, those things come to bite you in the ass, guys. Well, you want to talk about tightening the race. Here we are talking about Man U, one point back, one game in hand. But what about a couple teams with two games in hand and sitting at 26 points, Aston Villa, and just Man City, these guys got 26 points. I mean, they win their next two games. They're at 32 points. So, I mean, they're one point behind Liverpool with the same games played, again, if they win their next two. So, you know, right now, Liverpool, they've played the most games. Uh, looking at the top seven teams, just them and Chelsea and Leicester. Some good games this week, too, though, too. Because so, Man, Man U's got Friday. Up and, yep, they got, they got Friday at home against Aston Villa. Wow. Liverpool plays at the King of Draws, Southampton, on the 4th at noon. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. There's a bunch of good games this upcoming uh, week in the EPL. And this but is we'll... just added pressure right now for Liverpool, Mike, because when you look at your Red Devils, bro, you win you know, one game in hand. Point-wise, you're tied. And again, <clears throat> and again, looking at these teams behind you guys, I mean, you go all the way down to ninth place, those are teams with 26 points or more, so... You know, it is really close at Christmas right now. Liverpool, those draws and injuries, man. Yeah, I mean, Tottenham, they were in first place 10 days ago, and now they're down at at 26 points. Seventh, yeah. So it's it's crazy how, you know, a a week worth of – you play two crappy games in a week's time, in a 10 days' time, and you can go from first or second down to not even in the top 10. It's crazy. And I I mentioned to you guys also about how Liverpool, right? I I mean, they have – I mentioned six ties, right? But how many games have they actually won? I mentioned to you guys in pre-production, they won that first game against Leeds United 4-4. to 
I mean, eight total goals scored in the opening game of the season against the champs. And the champs, you know, Salah took two penalty kicks Rebel in that game. a relegated team. Against, uh, yeah, thank you, Sean. And with, and with Salah, you know, he took two penalty shots in that game, got both of them. That gave him the tie. But, you know, you got a couple ties that Liverpool got and a couple of draws that, I mean, they could be so far ahead in the table coming to Boxing Day, but they're not. Yes, you want to blame, oh, we don't got Virgil van Dijk, but that's bullshit because today you come in, you know, you concede how many goals? Zero. You don't give up any goals, but you can't score. Salah, I'm sorry. Yes, Salah, you had that great year. But yes, you know, that year is behind you. You had 50 goals in the in the, you had 50 goals total, I believe, in all competitions that year. But I think he's around 30s, mid to young or 30s. And, I mean, if you're really banking on Mohamed Salah to have a year like he did two, three years ago for Liverpool, I mean, thank you. You're going to wave that to Kemi Mutombo finger and say, uh-uh, not so fast. Because, you know, I've heard recently, Mike and your brother, you've told me that Salah is not completely happy at Liverpool. So if you're not going to be happy at Liverpool, I don't know where you're going to be happy at. you got the Portuguese international star coming in, Diego Jota. He's hurt right now. Don't tell me that it's Virgil van Dijk because he plays defense. But when you allow no goals but you can't score, it's obvious not the defense. Matip, you know, Henderson or uh, Robertson and uh, Trent Alexander, they're still holding it back, you know, in the defensive line. So at the end of the day, the defense is doing what they got to do. What's that front line? Is Bobby Formino washed out? Is uh, is Salah washed up? I mean, I think it's time for some of these these new, you know, that that little. Uh, it, I think he's Japanese, but the Minamino, mm-hmm. dude, that that dude, he's a little hustler. You know, you got Shakiri on the team still. You got Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain that's still on the team that's coming back from injury. I mean, Liverpool is stacked to make things happen. They got Jones, the young internet, you know, the the young, you know, you know, English guy, if you will. And they got um, Nico Williams. They dude, Liverpool is stacked to do th- to make things happen. But I think. That Klopp, he's just staying too true right now, in my opinion, in my honest opinion. He's staying too true to Salah and Firmino. When you can kind of replace those two guys right now, save some money, cut them in the transfer window. Now, I'm not saying that. Am I an advocate for cutting them because they have gotten us where we've been? But we got young and up and coming guys that we can save some money and, you know, put it in different places right now. But, you know, it is what it is. We're still up at the table, so not too much to complain of. Guys, Sean, you're yeah. Wolves. Mike, you're Red Devils. If you guys want to hit on those, go ahead. If not, I mean, we got football, Americano, football, and then football, de colegio. Come on, let's do it. College football. <laughs> We have college football playoffs uh, this weekend, a bunch of bowl games. Actually, a few bowl games have already been played. We have Alabama and Notre Dame, and we have Clemson and the six-game played Ohio State Buckeyes. So how, you know, Mark, you told, you know, you texted me earlier today with my brother that, you know, Alabama went up like 21 and a half now. I mean, does that sway your opinion this weekend at all towards maybe, you know, Notre Dame at least covering but yeah, I mean, what you guys mentioned last week, what we mentioned in the last couple of weeks, we I don't see you know anything happening besides Alabama and Clemson winning these two games and facing off in a what 
four out of the last five years national championship. I think that at a 20 and a half, 21 point favorite that we see here, it's obviously the highest that we've seen out of any game so far in these um, non BCS championship, but nonetheless, the uh, NCAA playoffs. But at, you know, if I can get Notre Dame, you got the fourth team here. You got Alabama number one. I think that, in my opinion, Alabama, Nick Saban, from what ha- has happened to them in the years prior, you know, I've actually witnessed it. I, I've actually witnessed it hand on when I went to, you know, Levi Stadium to watch the national championship a couple of seasons ago when Trevor Lawrence is, you know, he just handed him an ass whooping. I think that in my opinion, I think that Nick Saban is just here to kind of get to the finish line. He's not here to put up fancy numbers or whatnot. Yes, Notre Dame, they got beat down back in 2012. Sean and I mentioned it back in episode 93 last week about how Manti Teo and his team couldn't even score at halftime and how Alabama. He just couldn't put, score either because his girlfriend didn't exist. Literally. Yeah, well, he got. Yeah, <laughs> we mentioned that as well as Mr. Manti Teo getting catfished, but. <laughs> Nonetheless, you know, you got Alabama sitting here minus 1300 you know, on the money line and, and a 20 point, a 20 point, 21 point favorite. But I think that Mr. Ian Book coming out of El Dorado Hills up here in Northern California, uh, a little bit up north of uh, past Sacramento, I think that, you know, I, I just can't see Notre Dame as hard as they have fought, you know, to get into this uh, position that they're in, you know. With them uh, joining the ACC, coming to terms with the ACC on uh, and making agreements that if they were to join the ACC this season, that, you, you know, they wouldn't join another conference for another eight or ten years. So I think that we all knew they were going to lose to Clemson. Uh, we all talked about an episode a couple prior that we think that maybe a couple more teams were deserving a little bit better than Notre Dame, maybe an A&M or a Florida, if you will, to trying to get into this playoffs. But I don't know about Florida anymore. Yeah. Forget but that. We know after tonight, I don't think Trask really wanted to be there. But nonetheless, we know the committee. We know what they do. I don't even want to get into why it should be eight teams on this podcast because we're going to go too far into this. But And that the Rose Bowl now has been switched over to the AT&T uh, Jerry World, but let me tell you, Notre Dame, uh, number four. I kind of like them, plus 20 points. Uh, Ohio State, are you guys going to be looking forward to that one? Uh, number two versus three, Ohio State, a plus seven and a half points. I kind of like both dogs going into this. It scares me as hell because I've never played both dogs on this weekend because I always feel like it's one favorite, one dog, but. You got Alabama in the first game, and then you got uh, Ohio State in the second game. What are your guys' thoughts? I can see Notre Dame possibly covering just because of the magnitude of the game. But just if my money's actually coming out of my pocket to place a bet, the only way Notre Dame covers is if Alabama misses the team bus and don't show up because Alabama is just a more superior team. They are so elite in all the important uh, positions. So, yes, I guess I'm kind of just – going that game and going to the 2-3 matchup because as much as I do think Trevor Lawrence and that Clemson team is very, very good, you can't forget about Justin Fields and Ohio State, man. I mean, Ohio State seems to always choke in that big game, but they're pretty damn good. And, like, 
you know, you just got in the back of your mind like they can do it, though. Not just cover. They could win the football game. I mean, yes, Clemson did lose this year without Trevor Lawrence, but they have lost. They've tasted defeat. So, you know, I think that's definitely a more balanced matchup. I'll probably pick Clemson to win, but I think Ohio State will cover. But, yeah, that Alabama game, Notre Dame, you know, Alabama better make a right, an exit early and miss the game because Notre Dame ain't got no chance. Yeah, Notre Dame doesn't have a chance to win. They don't have a chance to cover. You say that, Sean, you say the magnitude of the game, when the magnitude of the game is at its peak, that's (laughs) That's when Notre Dame chokes the most. (laughs) So Alabama, there's a reason why they're favored by almost three touchdowns. They're going to slaughter the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Notre Dame's not even going to score two touchdowns. No, they're not. No, they're not. Ohio State. This is what I love. I would choose Ohio State to cover because they've played five less games. They have five less games of wear and tear than Clemson does. So because if they, you know, it's not their fault. I love it. I love it. These are the games that I love. When I hear everyone just like, like just completely advocating for one side, not even giving the other side a chance. This is when you drive up to Reno and you drop it big on Notre Dame. Watch Notre Dame right now. You're hearing it from comic bookie Mark. F what the hell the other comic bookies are talking about. Watch (laughs) Notre Dame, baby. They're going to cover. I'm telling you right now, there's no way in 20, the highest spread ever, dude. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, Nick Saban, Matt Jones, all these damn receivers, whoever the hell is on Norton, on, on Alabama, they're going to do Najee Harris. Najee Harris is going for the Heisman, but they're going to take it. They just uh, win in advance. Smith, like, win oh, in, no, the players going to try to slaughter them. The win players win, are going to try to slaughter them. Win in and advance. Yeah. I mentioned it earlier. Win and advance. That's all Alabama gives a damn about. They've been on the short side of the sticks the last couple of years, and they want this championship. Nick Saban, he's getting older, not younger. He wants to solidify himself in the college football you know, Hall of Fame for the rest of his life. If he can get this one, he's going to get it. He don't give a damn about running it up. Notre Dame, plus 21. Give them to me, baby. All right. Well, there it is. Hope you guys enjoy all of the uh, – Steven would love to hear that one. I know, too. right? Hope you guys enjoy both of the college football playoff games among all of the other actually games that are actually playing. Or I'm sorry, there are some games that I see on the schedule that have actually been canceled. But that is it for the sports. Of course, that's it for the comics. And that is it for episode 94 of the Comic Boogies podcast. We are rounding out the 2020 calendar year. This is our first ever calendar year doing this podcast we've been doing it for almost two years now our two-year anniversary is coming up early next year six more episodes we have a hundred episodes uh for you guys thank you so much for all the support going so far i think as we kind of uh close out this episode close out this year i kind of want to get you know both your guys and myself's thoughts about you know 2020 and um you know a high moment for you guys and what the fans can look forward to in 2021 well, uh, obviously, alluding to what Mike said, we want to thank you guys sincerely for the wonderful uh, 2020 from a fan perspective and the comic bookies. We love what we do, colliding the world of sports and comics with you guys. Looking at 2020 as a whole, you know, it's been hard for everybody because it's kind of just a whole new normal of what's going on with the pandemic. No matter how people's opinion is on it. I think the consensus opinion is that everyone just stays safe and kind of just be there for each other because we're going through a very, very hard 
situation. Uh, with that said, uh, I'd say the highlight personally for me was obviously getting married to my beautiful wife, which I cannot be happier than how I am right now. And just being able to do this podcast week in and week out with the guys, there's times personal things come up because at the end of the day, we're human, man. Uh, we got kids. We have Cammy, you know, Camden's, you know, now with us. We got Lizzie. We got Maddie. We have all of our beautiful wives. So, you know, just shit happens. So there's times you might just get two of us. But for this last episode of 2020 to have all three of us, you know, it's obviously something that touches me and something I appreciate every week. We all have kind of like our expertise. You can kind of sometimes tell, okay, you know, this guy might know a little bit more than comics. This guy knows a little bit more about this sport. But at the end of the day, the comic bookies, you know, we're just three best friends that come together every week. And we just want to do our best to just shoot the shit and be entertaining for you guys. And that's what we plan on doing all of next year. So if there's a high thing to look forward to for 2020, it's just for week in, week out. This You're going to hear three best friends really just shoot the shit, provide you guys the most up-to-date information sports-wise, movie-wise, comic-wise, and vice versa. We want you guys to keep reaching out to us on social media and really interact, you know. We're fortunate to have all the downloads that we do, have the fans that we have. And again, just thank you guys, and we love you guys. Definitely, we love you guys. Thank you, Sean, for providing that information at the comic bookies at gmail.com at the comic bookies on twitter at the comic bookies on instagram please reach out to us please if you guys are subscribed to apple Podcasts, please drop us a five-star review please drop us a message whatever you guys want we will read your comments live on air we just want you know we're trying to reach out to everybody we're trying to grow this as much as we can because we think that we got a platform here that is uh, you know for the masses we're for entertainment purposes only you know we cover so many things here so we just want to get it out to you guys so share it with your mom share it with your brother share it with your sister share it with your nephew uh i'll share it with my nephew as long as you don't refer to him as cammy sean because uh we might have lizzie we might have maddie but i don't give a damn we don't got no goddamn cam cammy we got a camden and uh yeah so uh this guy he's about he's coming into the new year coming in strong mike sean thank you guys i'm so proud of of uh sharing you know this this podcast with you guys we're growing it every day we're trying to monetize it as much as we can. But in the meantime, we still got our beautiful sponsor at Treasure Island Comics, at TI Comics, you know, on Twitter, on Instagram, treasureislandcomics.com. Reach out to Alex. He's got all your backstories, all your uh, comic booking needs that you need there. So thank you. But yes, nonetheless, guys, 2020 has been crazy. 2020 has been good. 2020 has taught me a lot of things that I wasn't aware of in the past that I think I was uh, kind of uh, stripped uh, stripped of before. But, you know, I'm trying to be a better saver with my money, trying to be a better uh, podcaster, trying to be a better co-host, trying to be a better father, husband, son. You know how the spiel goes, guys. But at the end of the day, thank you for being my brothers. Thank you for being my irmãos. Thank you for being my brasis. And uh, I love y'all, brothers. So uh, we got to send this thing into 2021 strong. We got to send this thing into 21, 
2021 like we ain't doing it before. And hopefully all I got to say is I got a trunk full of uh, flyers that I need to pass the hell out. And I got a freaking you know what I'm saying? We got to get out there. We got to get in these comic cons and let's have some fun in 2021. Let's have some fun in 2021. (laughs) Let's have some fun. In 2021, I think that I think fun. I think that chant was cheesier than the first 10 minutes of Wonder Woman 84. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's right there. <laughs> but anyways, let's have some fun. I, I mean, 2021. 20, 2021 going forward, Mark, you just took the words right out of my mouth. I hope that we get the Comic Cons back. I hope that we get to go to a an A's or a Giants game, a Warriors game. I just let me take my son and my daughter to a damn afternoon baseball game where my pasty white ass has to be under the freaking overhang. So I don't have to put on, you know, a pound of sunscreen, but, you know, you, got, me... the, you got the box seats, man. Come on. Mr. K gives them to you. No, oh, don't nah. I don't know. I don't know about that anymore. Uh, but anyways, I mean, just let just let us have the events where we can go and meet you, the fans and interact with you and pass out flyers. And, and you know, I want the opportunity to, like, pass out some T-shirts and some stickers and stuff, you know, just for us to just, you know, grow. Because 2020 has been kind of ass for the podcasting industry as a whole. You know, you're not commuting as much you're not going to the gyms right now and that's what 2020 has given us you know the pandemic has been horrible to not only people's pocketbooks but their 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 mental state and we just hope that everyone you know can i don't know just kind of improve their way of life in 2021 we don't know when it's going to get better but we hope that everyone is staying safe and staying healthy and kind of you know enjoying the little moments like we said earlier with your friends and family that you can you know it's you know the pandemic was crazy the election was crazy you know and so going into 2021 in the in the middle part of january we're getting a new president so who knows what this world's going to look like in the in the year 2021 but we hope it's a lot better than 2020 you know and so, uh, again, thank you to everyone who supports us, the fr- the fans. Uh, again, I want to shout out a new country, the country of Russia, Mother Russia. Thank you for the one download, the consistent downloads in Belgium. Again, thank you so much. Thank you to our wives, to our children who give us the time to jump on this mic every week and kind of give ourselves our own kind of dad time, you know, our own man time out in the man caves to record this podcast. That's what it's about. You know, it's not – we know it's not easy. But yeah, and I'm going to close out episode 94. I'm going to close out 2020 like I do every week. Everyone, we love you so much. Enjoy the sports, enjoy the comics, and most importantly, enjoy each other. Peace out. See you all in 2021, baby. 2020, peace. Peace. And enjoy all the famous guests that we have had so far on our podcast. Thank you, uh, Frank the Writer. Thank you, Jason Douglas. You know, thank you, uh, uh, Seth Everett. And thank you, everybody. You know, thank you, Frank Gogol. Thank you, Alex from Treasure Island. All of the guests that we have had to surprise you guys with on our comic bookies adventure and uh, stick with us because 2021 is only going to get better. Thank you. We love you guys. Enjoy each other always.